Welcome to the Software and Technology Podcast, brought to you by MarketScale. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. A decade ago, business intelligence sounded more like a burden than enlightenment. Data was inaccessible, financial analysts were basically just human calculators, and making important business decisions on KPIs derived from seven or more siloed data hubs stirred too much doubt to be useful. Things are different now. Cloud technology and interoperability have made business intelligence intelligent again. And on today's podcast, we're joined by Kellen Jameson and Clint Bowers of Smart Business Concepts, who have seen the evolution firsthand. With increased accessibility and comprehension, extensive KPIs are now in the hands of medium-sized, small, and even startup companies, encouraging proactivity instead of adaptability. Kellen and Clint break down how analysts have gone from calculators to consultants, the true power of cloud data on profitability, and some examples of how business intelligence might benefit a manufacturing-focused company. All right, so we are here in the Dallas studio, and today we're joined by Smart Business Concepts. We have Clint Bowers, CEO, and Kellen Jameson, who heads up outsourcing CFO practices. Kellen, Clint, great to have you both in the studio for the podcast. How are we doing today? Oh, great, thanks. Doing great. Glad yeah, to be thank here. You. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we had to try a new setup today. We haven't had three people in the studio before, so I'm excited to dig in, um, get two great perspectives on something that's really important, which is business intelligence. And I think, Clint, you laid it out pretty well just initially that profitable companies understand their numbers. I think that's just the basic concept here. Um, dig into that a little bit. What, what do you mean in, you know, in that short phrase, short sentence, Profitable companies understand their numbers. Yeah, sure. Typically, when folks think about um, their numbers, they think, okay, well, what is my accountant uh, produced as, as far as each month? And how much money did I make? How much money did I lose? What was my cost of goods? What was my gross margin? What was my labor dollars? Unfortunately, by the time that a business owner gets that information, uh, it's typically too late. And so a business owner then starts to regulate their business, um, whether it be small, medium-sized business. They, they, they tend to then start regulating their business off of how much cash is in the bank. Um, and so when, when we talk about businesses um, understanding their numbers, it's more uh, from a day-to-day operational perspective, uh, which business intelligence gives um, empowers a business owner to do uh, on a proactive basis. Um, and so with a lot of the cloud-based technology that has come forth over the last three, four, five years, it has opened up for small and medium-sized businesses um, the opportunity to really understand what drives profitability uh, on a day-to-day basis. And it's not just for Um, your large corporations that invest millions of dollars into into technology. Right. And I mean, Kellen, you are in the trenches, you know, working with these companies and helping them understand their numbers. What do you see as typically one of the biggest challenges in getting small to medium-sized companies kind of wrapping their head around these concepts and getting them to utilize this data and information to the best of its ability? I think the first thing you have to get them on board with is is the fact that financial statements and just basic financial data is not a, merely a means to produce a tax return at the end <laughs> right. of the year, right? There's a, a lot more that can be done with that information. 
um, and, and to convince them that they need to get out of the world of just living with lagging indicators. What's, what's the balance of my bank account? Um, do I have to pay any you know, interest on this? Do I need to take out a loan? Which things like that, they're all um, can be symptoms of a problem that can be solved earlier in the process. If you have KPIs that show you where you're trending, you can pretty accurately forecast what your bank account balance is going to be in three months or six months. And that can lead to more informed decisions, uh, less panic decisions, and um, more, more strategic thinking. If you get them on board with that general concept, um, they can pretty typically steer you towards the data you need to collect for them and analyze for them and what their KPIs might be. Um, the biggest struggle you see, though, is is getting that buy-in from a client, I think. and. But once they realize how crucial it can be and how beneficial it can be, you can really start to turn a business around. Yeah. Well, I, and I think what I'm hearing from both of you is proactivity is really the key here. Because if you're just waiting to you know, check your bank statement at the end of every month, it's like, all right, how much money do I have in the bank? And basing that on, okay, am I profitable or not? Or you know, using that as your index it's going to be too late. You know, by the time there's an issue, it's too late to rectify it because you're working backwards almost. Yeah, I think what we see a lot though is, um, Keller mentions getting the buy-in. What, and that that's right, the step before that, which is even, I think, harder is introducing a business owner to even what the capabilities are. Or, or yeah, the concept of business intelligence. Right, right. You know? that it's, even accessible to them at a very affordable price, um, not only on a on just the technology, but on implementing it and getting it set up, and right. and just the fact that they could have that. You know, they're running their business day to day. They they're not researching. Uh, well, what's the latest cloud technology that I can use to to report on these KPIs and and, and those kind of things and 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 then much much less you know the the ability for some of the technology um, to have machine learning to where it can analyze seasonality and weather patterns and things that is actually available for small and medium businesses. Yeah. Um, that um, you know, when they're running their business day to day, that they don't quite, uh, they just can't get to that place. So, even ha- just having them look up and start to ask questions is probably the biggest barrier to a small business adopting a business intelligence cloud-based platform that is delivering KPIs to them on a on a daily, weekly basis. Right. So business intelligence has evolved a lot in even just the last decade, uh, pretty dramatically to the point where small and medium-sized businesses now have access to this kind of technology and these, you know, this great and uh, honestly crucial aspect of business ownership. So tell me a bit about, you know, from either of you, just that evolution in business intelligence where we were at 10 years ago, how honestly archaic it was, and then where we're at now and how that evolution has really empowered uh, these smaller businesses. Yeah, I think it's actually been the same for small, medium, and large businesses. Okay. The evol- it's 10, 15 years ago, um, it was on-premise um, disparate systems that did not talk to each other. So, what, so tell me a bit about that. So basically you had a different system for every function and they just weren't 
communicating the data to each other so you couldn't analyze it? Yeah, so maybe from a uh, manufacturing perspective, you have um, a system that runs your production. You have, and, and they may receive the goods and, and, and kick out the finished goods. Um, then you have a separate accounting system. You have a separate payroll system. You have a separate sales system. Um, a separate, um, you know, lead generation or, or, or just um, customer tracking or profitability. Maybe that's in Excel. Um, and so marrying all of those up is or was a very data intensive exercise that really only the large companies could afford to hire the people, the analysts to do that. And that was the typical role of the analysts was just crunching numbers and data and spitting out these reports. And so once a month, by the way, yeah, once a month. And and so although different scales, the same problem for um, all businesses across the board. Right. So it was it was intermittent. It wasn't consistent. And it was basically the financial analyst wasn't really getting to consult much or really help guide. It was mostly just giving out the numbers, and then it's like, right, do with this what you will. Right. And so now with the technology that's available, um, the role of the analyst has changed a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, there's, you know, it becomes more of a storytelling exercise, um, asking the next question. Um, there's been a lot of um, liberal art degree graduates that have been hired as an analyst role because they can tell a story a lot better than than a typical um, someone that's been trained to just analyze data and put together Excel spreadsheets. Um, so communicating that, and universities start to they've started to create these these particular master's degrees around um, a data analyst and training them in a much different way to ask the next question, to look at trends, and and to bring um, solutions rather than here's. Here's a, a report. Now you guys go figure out what this even tells us. Uh, so it, it's changed a lot. And and that's where that's available to large businesses. But from a small business, medium business pers- perspective, you can outsource that function. Uh, we work with, with plenty of small businesses where they don't have the expertise in-house. They don't need a full-time person. They need someone to, to set it up come in, monitor, and then start to provide some some clarity around what it means, and then let the business owner take the action. Um, so it, it's it, the technology is starting to create that level playing field um, across um, the spectrum of large to, to small businesses. Definitely. And I mean, being someone who advises uh, these companies, Kellen, how have you seen the technology make your job easier or just more comprehensive. I mean, you get to get in there and have authentic conversations with people because the technology, this cloud technology is really assisting the more labor aspect of your job. Right. And it's kind of been fun in my career because, you know, early on, a guy in my role could just, you could just be a human calculator, right? Mm -hmm. Because the systems weren't doing it for you. They were giving you raw inputs and a lot of the number crutching and, and that types of more traditional analyst work that Clint just described wasn't done for you or couldn't be done for you, couldn't be done timely for you. So what I see now is I'm getting to the fun part a lot faster with the help of technology. So I get to go and have those discussions with um, KPIs and this is what you should do. This is you know, a trend I'm seeing based on this KPI and it's probably going to lead to this cash impact or this tax impact, et cetera, et cetera. 
you get to that fun place of being a business partner a lot faster than you would otherwise. Right. And that is beneficial to everyone. It's beneficial to me because um, I can start to influence the clients faster and it makes you more of an asset to that client yeah. than you would be otherwise. It makes I think. you valuable. Right. Absolutely. It makes you a lot more valuable. And, and it's kind of you know, you've seen that the, the technology increase over the last 10 years has paralleled what a CPA or what a, a finance expert has to be as well. Like Clint said, you can't be a human calculator in an office anymore that just produces a piece of paper. You have to be able to articulate meaning because otherwise you're going to be replaced by the cloud. Right. Which is a little scary. Yeah, right. I mean, hopefully, uh, hopefully that adaptation is taking place. So... Tell me a bit about just the actual technology um, that the cloud is bringing to the table and what exactly it's doing to help uh, facilitate these conversations and uh, make it easier and more accessible. Well, just to go back on your, the, what you were just saying on um, it's changing the roles and things like that. Yeah. Um, it, it's I think it's expected by, tw- like I would say right now, it is probably um, decreasing the number of jobs. But by 2020, when as as people and companies start to adapt, it'll machine learning and 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 this technology actually will um, have a net positive on the number of jobs. Well, There's it opens so up different jobs. It's, it's different work, yeah. not less work. Right. So there's more to actually do. Yeah. Um, it's just different work. So it actually create, should be creating jobs uh, in the next couple of years. As far as cloud um, technology, well, it enables a lot of things. Um, one, your data is a whole lot safer and, and more reliable, and, and you're not spending a ton of money on infrastructure, you know, just securing the data. And that goes for everything. That goes from your sales data to your customer data to your accounting data, your payroll data, all of that stuff. Um, and it allows you through through API to connect this stuff um, and report on it and and have it um, interlaced in your in your analysis instead of um, just these these silos that sit there with data that. Um, that are not in common format, that are not in, you know, you've, you always have to clean up the data before you can ever use it. Right. So, Yeah, and I mean, that takes time. And it takes an enormous it, amount of time yeah. and money. Yeah. Right, and, and, and it creates um, data issues. You know, there, <laughs> how many times do you, you know, at least in my career, where you've taken a report to um, C-level and, well, this data can't be right. You know, well, it is, but, but, there could be many times where before that the the data integrity has been subpar, which only creates doubt um, downstream. And so there's always doubt about the data, um, which then just creates a circular um, issue of no, no decisions being made. So right. um, it, it starts to simplify the data right. integrity. It's not even business intelligence. It's just like a it's like you're paying money for data that is actually more of a headache. Than it's constant is. reconciliation. So yeah. what, I, what I've also found is you get, Clint's saying, you get a lot better data, right? Yeah. And so that gives you a lot stronger backbone. I think if you're going in to have a tough conversation with, with a CEO or a business mm-hmm. owner and you want the support of, of being right, you know, and not having to walk in there and say, well, you know, I did have to reconcile seven different data generating systems to get to this number. Right. Maybe I need to double check that or triple check that again before I go have this conversation. Um, this kind of self reconciles along the way, or at least if it's set up right, it ought to. Right. 
And so by the time you get to go have that difficult conversation, most importantly, you're having it faster than you would otherwise. And you're probably having it with more conviction and making a better um, suggestion or recommendation to the client. I think, right. Which at the end of the day is is what you want. I mean, you want those tough conversations to be fruitful. You don't want it to be a waste of time. So, right. yeah, I mean, great. And I feel like this is particularly important for a small business because if you're not proactive from the start, backtracking and trying to make that happen by the time you do blow up in kind of the you make it sense, right? Not like explode and crumble, but maybe in that sense too. I mean, by the time you reach that critical mass point where your business is about to fail, uh, you are hoping or you're wishing, wow, I, I wish I had uh, been a little more proactive about the numbers and understood them a little better. So yeah, I mean, I think I think it's just wonderful that this technology is to the point where a small business can understand it, can hire people at an affordable price, that can have that conversation with them. And then at the end of the day, it's going to encourage and create more profitable businesses. Yeah, and that that's what, um, interestingly, I mean, that's that's what is making a, a startup um, be able to go compete against bigger companies right. because they un- – they they have the ability to set up the company the right way to begin with. So if you have a startup um, and they engage the right people to set the systems up right, then it is invaluable and they're able to compete against um, and do it at a much lower cost, by the way, than than their counterparts that are bigger with these with these big heavy systems that's sitting around um, and and you can't get data from them or any information. Um, and so it's it's giving an advantage to smaller, nimble companies. But by the, by the same token, um, if owners of current small businesses that have been operating for 20 years, if they are not willing to to invest in the in their company right now um, and try to catch up or get ahead of um, these more nimble companies that uh, that see the um, see the benefit of cloud technology and business intelligence and machine learning and all of these other things, they can still compete. Obviously, um, but it's quickly turning to um, you better do it now. You better you better get there now um, because it's not going away. And it's not only just about production. It's not just about your operations. It's about marketing. It's about sales. It's about efficiencies, um, things like that. So it really, there's a lot of opportunity out there for, um, for companies to to make their company better and not only better but more valuable. Um, it increases the value um, of their company quickly. One one of the quotes that stuck with me is the CEO or former founder of uh, Zero, a cloud-based accounting platform that we work with a lot, said, "It's no longer going to be the big that eat the small; it's going to be the fast that eat the slow." Which is kind of a good summation of what Clint just described. Yeah. So I think the last thing I wanted to hit on is just get an example from both of you um, as to how this might affect a business in a specific industry. One that particularly stands out to me is just the food and beverage industry. I think you see a lot of startups you know, trying to get into the nutrition game here. There's a there's a big social push, a lot of um, changing diets and uh, just people adapting new lifestyles. And I think that pushes businesses to want to adapt and bring products into that space. It's just a really interesting market. So I wanted to know, 
you know, how might you approach, are there any specific things that a food and beverage small business might need to take into account as they're looking at their numbers? This is what you got to look for, and this is why. It, it's kind of specific, but I think it might be interesting. Yeah, that's that's specific, but, um, but it, it is, but it isn't. Um, so the, the first thing is going to, I mean, the most important thing for food and beverage is their production cycle. Um, and the, they buy raw materials, they produce something, so it goes through a process, and you end up with finished goods. So understanding that process and having the data behind that in a cloud-based system that you can you can easily on the fly change and you can report out metrics um, and understand that process because that's where you make money or lose money mm-hmm. uh, besides sell price. That would be the, that's the first um, really important step. Now, the other thing that I would say as just a recommendation for any small businesses out there looking to do that is it will not be perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, it will never be perfect. Um, there are there is no system out there that is going to accommodate every single nuance you want to accommodate, but that shouldn't that shouldn't um, preclude you from from going forward anyways. You know, all of these systems have coding in the background, API that that has all the data, and, and you can you can you know move data from from one system to another or modify those systems as well for not um, an obscene amount of of money. So food and beverage, I would say the manufacturing process, the inventory control, um, and then hooking that up with your accounting system um, and just having a, and your sale, that can also include your sales system, um, would be really the first place to start. One thing uh, you'll also uh, get with the cloud is companies that are especially small startup companies and especially true for manufacturing or uh, food and beverage uh, capital intensive mm-hmm. type companies is companies on the cloud or small businesses who have accounting and, and data on the cloud tend to have more accurate and more readily available financial information. And so because these companies are capital intensive, they often need access to capital, right? right. So they're working with lenders or investors who are constantly asking them for, for financial statements or different types of reports or pro formas. And that's a lot easier to do when you have readily accessible data that's relatively cleaner than it would be otherwise. Right. So that's a that's a really tangible benefit to somebody who's going out looking for funding to buy you know, a, a giant vat to make, you know, right. whatever be- beverage or whatever they need. Right. I mean, yeah, you, with something like that, you want to make sure every step is profitable since there are so many and that the investments you make in that gear, in that manufacturing technology is uh, it's not going to break the bank for you. You know what I mean? Just like getting started isn't going to put you in so much debt that you can't ever get ahead. So, yeah, it's all it's all very intricate. But at the same time, it's just exciting that a startup can even think about this, you know, and make these decisions from the beginning. Um, So yeah, thank you, Kellen. Thank you, Clint, for coming on the podcast and walking us through the evolution of business intelligence and how you're helping empower smaller businesses, medium-sized businesses, large companies to take advantage of their numbers. Because like we said, profitable companies understand their numbers. I think that's the core. If if audiences and listeners are going to get anything out of this podcast, it's going to be that. And, you know, they should act on it. You got it. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. 
And thank you everyone for listening to today's podcast. And if you'd like to find out more or listen to previous episodes, you can head to marketscale.com slash industries and subscribe to previous podcasts, articles, and video content from your favorite industries. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. Till next time. <music>